In spite of the anguish my addiction to drugs and alcohol has caused me, I wouldn't relinquish its lessons and I certainly wouldn't tell other people, least of all young people, not to drink and take drugs. The war against drugs, which is a war against drug addicts, about which Bill Hicks beautifully observed, if there's a war against drugs and we're losing, that means that the drug addicts are winning, is a good example of the system's disingenuity on an individual, legal and global level. Drug addiction is an illness. Criminalising people that are ill is cruel, yes, but also insidious. It's also bloody futile. No self-respecting drug addict is remotely dissuaded from pursuing their habit by the legal status of the drug that they are taking. All criminalisation achieves is unsafe, unregulated drug use, the demonisation of users and the creation of an international criminal economy. You know this, I know this, and more worryingly, the people that maintain this system know it. So why is it being maintained? Who benefits? Well, on this, I'm qualified to postulate. I may not have successfully overthrown a government or devised more productive, fairer and more enjoyable social systems before, so there will be some conjecture in this book. What I have done, though, with considerable assistance, is navigated myself from one set of feelings where drinking and taking drugs were my only solution to a state where, one day at a time, I never drink or take drugs. What happened? As a lost little boy in Essex, awaiting Lakeside adoring the ambivalent, beaming patriarch Ronald MacDonald, I felt a discontentment. I loved me mother, was uncomfortable around me stepfather, and adored me absent dad. I felt disconnected, though, and frustrated. My mum was ill a lot. I was uneasy at home, unsettled and insecure. This feeling of irritability and alienation meant I was malleable. Have you ever tried to argue with someone who doesn't want anything from you? It's hard. Have you ever noticed in a row with someone who no longer loves you that you have no recourse, no tools with which to bargain? If you stroll up to a stranger and tell them that unless they comply with your demands they'll never see you again, it's unlikely that they'll fling themselves at your feet and beg you not to go. They'll just wander off. When people are content, they are difficult to manoeuvre. We are perennially discontent and offered placebos as remedies. My intention in writing this book is to make you feel better to offer you a solution to the way you feel. I'm confident this is necessary. When do you ever meet people that are happy, genuinely happy? Only children, the mentally ill and daytime television presenters. My belief is that it's possible to feel happier because I feel better than I used to. I'm beginning to understand where the solution lies, primarily because of an exhausting process of trial and mostly error. My qualification to write a book on how to change yourself and change the world is not that I'm better than you, it's that I'm worse. Not that I'm smarter, but that I'm dumber. I bought the lie, hook, line and sinker. My only quality has been an unwitting momentum a willingness to wade through the static dissatisfaction that has been piped into my mind from the moment I learned language. What if that feeling of inadequacy, isolation and anxiety isn't just me? What if it isn't internally engineered but the result of concerted effort, the product of a transmission, an ongoing broadcast from the powerful that has colonised my mind? Who is it in here inside your mind, reading these words, feeling that fear? Is there an awareness, an exempt presence gleaming behind the waterfall of words that commentate on every event, label every object, judge every one you come into contact with? And is there another way to feel? Is it possible to be in this world and feel another way? 
Can you conceive even for a moment of a species similar to us, but a little more evolved, that have transcended the idea that solutions to the way we feel can be externally acquired? What would that look like? How would that feel to be liberated from the bureaucracy of managing your recalcitrant mind? Is it possible that there is a conspiracy to make us feel this way? If we were cops right now, we'd look for a motive. If our peace of mind, our God-given right to live in harmony with our environment and one another has been murdered, who are the prime suspects? Well, who has a motive?